Yama. Welcome, friends, to Understanding EMDR Therapy, an Australian podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Lynch, EMDRA consultant, clinical counsellor and psychotherapist. And we begin all of our episodes by paying respects to our First Nations people, to all elders, past, present and emerging I'm coming to you today from Awabakal land, coming to you fresh from a wonderful four days of gathering, connecting, yarning, eating, and hanging out with our beautiful Emdra community down on Morunjuri land in Melbourne. And it was such a great chance just to, to be together For those of us who were there uh, face-to-face, it was wonderful to meet a whole lot of um, new friends, connect with old friends, and there was also a really beautiful gathering online as well. So today, I'm actually going to take some time to do a short presentation on resource uh, development. And resource development, I guess, is a very important part of the EMDR process. If our clients don't have that adaptive information online and accessible, it's going to make it um, very difficult, if not impossible, to process stuck information. Part of the adaptive information processing model means that we need to have adaptive information there that can integrate and help metabolize stuck material, that maladaptive stuff that's stuck in our nervous system. And I find myself in a very blessed position that before I studied EMDR therapy, I trained in a parts therapy model called resource therapy. Resource therapy is a model that has been developed by Professor Gordon Emerson. And Professor Gordon Emerson started off working with training people in ego state therapy. He worked with a lot of hypnotherapists and helped us to understand that we can work with parts successfully without hypnosis. And then he went on to develop advanced ego state therapy. And then that changed into resource therapy. And resource therapy has its own protocol, its own roadmap that I'm not going to go into today, but I do want to just take a short amount of time to talk to you about one of the steps in that protocol that's called find a resource. And the find a resource protocol sits really, really well within phase two preparation of EMDR therapy. As EMDR therapists, we'd all be pretty familiar with calm place. We'd all be pretty familiar with um, using our breath to anchor us or light stream. And we might be familiar with Laurel Parnell's beautiful attachment resourcing, that wise future self, nurturing, um, nurturing part, protect a part, 
um, wisdom figures. But I just want to give you a little bit of information about the way that we do this using the resource therapy protocol, find a resource. So the thing that I love about this particular protocol is it really helps our clients to wake up a sensory experience memory network within them. So really give them that visceral feeling of the resource. The more we're able to drop our clients into that experience, it feels to me that the more readily available that resource is to be a part of the work, to be an ally in the work. So I'm going to give you an example. And if you're not driving, um, potentially you'd like to play along. Um, but if you are driving, um, it might be a good opportunity to just listen and um, do this at a later time. So I'm going to give you this example of waking up this safe, calm place resource. And we're just going to travel with this potentially a little bit differently to what you've done in the past. So I would say to my client, I want you to recall a place or a time in your experience where you have felt safe, calm, grounded. It might be a place on country, it might be a place by the beach or in the bush or in a garden. It might be tucked up in a snuggly warm bed, but I just want you to land on one particular place. Maybe you haven't been there, but you've seen it in a movie or read about it in a book. But I want you just to land on one specific example of a time where you have felt calm, relaxed, a time where you've been able just to tap into a sense of being present in this moment. And give me a nod when you've got that time. Now you've got this experience of calm right in front of you. I want you to really dig deeper into this and I want you to notice the sounds around you in this place. I want you to notice the experience of your feet on the ground or maybe you're laying down. Noticing the experience in your body where your body connects with the elements of this place. Noticing the temperature on your skin taste in your mouth, just having a looking a look around at what you can see, the tones and the colours of this particular place, really allowing your body to remember, experiencing this remembering in your body now. If there was a colour that captured the experience of this place right now. I wonder what that colour would be. And if there was a feeling, an emotion, the essence of this experience of calm, what would that be? And if there was one word right now that captured this experience, what would that word be? 
And I want you to notice where you feel that color, that word in your body now. And just pop your hand on that place as an anchor in of this experience. Taking a nice deep breath in. And as you let go on the out breath, just really noticing that this is a resource for you. It holds a whole lot of good gear that can partner with us in the work that we do together moving forward. So when you're ready, you bring your awareness back to this time and this place, having that resource on hand for you. So that would be an example of an action in resource therapy that we call vivify-specific Vivify, I guess, is a made-up word in the resource therapy protocol, which means to make more vivid. So when when we're resourcing in our work, the more vivid we can make that resource for our client, the more available it will be for them in between sessions and in our work together. The way that I picture it is it's like lighting up the neurological pathways that are connected to this resource, but also the sensory experience memory, that visceral memory in their body. And we can go on and do this for whatever resources are really needed for the therapeutic goal. So for example, if I had a client that was coming to see me and in that early session I said to them, how do you want to feel and how do you want to act differently after the end of our therapy? What's your therapeutic goal? And they said to me, I really want to be able to feel a whole lot more confident in my work and in my public speaking role. I would then know that I needed Uh, to access resources that potentially are going to help forge the way, resources that are going to be the most useful adaptive material on board for when we start to find targets, find material that's stuck in their nervous system because of past events that are getting in the way of how they want to feel and how they want to act in this particular circumstance. So I might say to them during phase two of preparation, after I've got a a good history of what's happened for them in their life in relation to their therapeutic goal and adverse childhood experiences along with um, strengths that have happened for them, good memories in in their past, When I get to the preparation stage, I might be really curious about finding resources that are going to be allies in the work. So I might say to them, can you tell me about any times in your life where you have been able to feel confident in front of a group? Has there ever been any times in your life where you've spoken in front of a group of more than three people where You might have noticed the nerves, but there's also been a confident part of you. And it might 
be in a social setting or a work setting or with their kids, but I'm going to try and find a specific time in their life where similar elements have been used. And then I'm going to really dig deep into that experience and vivify it. So for example, my client might say, well, recently one of my children had a birthday party And when I was speaking to the kids as a group about some of the qualities I really love about my child, just before I lit the birthday candles, I was feeling pretty good, but they were just kids. I'd say, okay, well, let's just go back to that moment. The cake's there. You're just about to light the cake, the candles even, and you're feeling you're feeling calm and and confident as you're speaking. Tell me what's going on there. You know, what time of the day was it? Were you in the kitchen or outside? What were you wearing? What were the things you were saying? What were you noticing in your body as you were saying those things? If that part of you that was speaking had a colour, what colour would it be? If there were words that captured the essence of this part that was speaking calmly, what words would they be? Where do you feel that in your body right now? And if this part of you had a name, what would you call it? And they might say free or perhaps they might say proud or calm. But we would definitely be able to use that here and now adult resource in that moment as an ally, a resource in the work having that on board as adaptive information in the system before we start to find where the blockages are. For some of our clients, they will never have have felt that they've had an experience of what they're heading towards. So we can outsource because for us to be able to recognise these resources in movie characters, book characters, friends, we have to somewhat know them within ourselves. So I might say, okay, if there's a sense that you've never had that sense of calm, confidence when you've spoken in any groups before, do you know anybody that does? Is is there anyone in your world that you've seen speak calmly and confidently? Um, And then we start to get them to describe that person and then invite them to use present tense language. So really invite them to imagine being in that person's shoes and describing what it's like to speak and be calm and confident. Drop them into their body, get a colour, get a name, and then we can use that experience as adaptive information. So that comes from the wonderful world of resource therapy, which is an advanced parts therapy. And the protocol that I'm talking about is called Finder Resource. And one of the steps that we use a lot in resource in resource therapy is called Vivify Specific. Helps us to make sure that we are accessing the best part of the person for what we're wanting to um, work with. So I might use Vivify Specific to help me to find 
really good, appropriate resources. I also might use Vivify specific to help me to activate unprocessed material. So I'm not talking to a reporter part, but so I'm talking to the part that is holding the activated material to process. But that's a whole nother podcast. Thank you for listening today, friends. I'm really excited that I'm going to have some great guests coming up on the podcast, some of which have been passed on the message stick, some of who I met at the conference, but we have such an amazing Australian EMDR community and I'm just so excited that I can hold space for all of the wonderful, cool stuff that's happening in Australia. Thank you for being with us today on Understanding EMDR. Feel free to reach out to me uh, at tracylynch.com.au. I'm sending you warmth, kindness and understanding. Bye for now.